The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, When evening comes, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. Good morning, everyone. I like that text uh, in, in Matthew 16 because uh, it's, it sort of gives us a, a, a view into ordinary life, some things that were going on in the life of Jesus and and, uh, and an interchange. I always like the interchanges that we see when we're reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When people come and talk to him and he re- responds to them, uh, those are those are always very, very interesting. Now, what happened to these guys was they, they came in and said, we want to see something unusual. Give us some, some sort of indication that you are who you say you are, basically. That's what they were asking. And he said, uh, you know what? You can see everything else, but you can't see this. So he's saying, you, you can see ordinary things. You can see common things. You can see things that are around you, but you don't see the signs of the times. You don't really see what's going on. You know, I've heard several times, uh, and you probably have too, that if you want to hide something, you hide it in plain sight so that people that are used to seeing it in that place will always see it in that place and you don't really have to have to conceal it because it's there and, and people will just pass it by. They just won't even observe it. So that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you're not seeing what you need to be seeing. He was going to give them a sign, of course, and that sign would be that he would rise again from the grave the third day. However, what he was talking to them about at this time was something that that was very important. That was he was saying to them that you don't know what's going on in your life. You don't you don't know your surroundings. You don't get it. Well, they they were able to get other things. That's that's basically what he's telling them right now. He's telling them that you can see other things. You can see when the when the sky is red and lowering, you you can see it's going to be bad weather. You can see good weather. Well, you know, we've been able to see that for a long time. Naturalists have always looked at different things in the natural realm, and we've been able to determine what's going to happen. Uh, Sometimes, and here's something that I heard not long ago, and that was that uh, when weather forecasters are trying to tell you what's going to happen in weather, that they are 51% accurate. (laughs) 51%. That's just 1% better than 50-50. Anyway, it's the nature of man. It's the nature of man to want to see and experience something unusual instead of something that's ordinary. Things that are usual around us, things that we see in nature, are, are easy to comprehend, pretty much so. And, but Jesus is calling their attention to something else that, that is around them that they don't—they're not grasping. Um, have you ever heard of the Poor Richard's Almanac? It was published by Benjamin Franklin, 
from 1732 to 1758. Then he quit. But we have an old farmer's almanac that has been published since 1792 continually. Did you know that? Never broken from 1792 until now. The old farmer's almanac has been published and you can get a current copy of one of them. Now that old farmer's almanac tells you all about things that you see around you. It has astrological information in it, astronomical information in it. It has uh, agricultural information in it. It gives you tips on what to cook and when to cook it and how to cook it and so forth. All sorts of information in that almanac. Things that you just are all around you, common things that you can assimilate into your life. That's so common. Well, we, we, can, we can see those things, but Jesus intended to tell them about something they couldn't see, something that they should have seen, and basically, I believe every illustration we find in, in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, has some import for us, has something to do with us. So what it had to do with them was, he said, you are in the midst of something that you can't even see or not even looking at. He's saying, you're not even seeing the signs of the times. What's going on in your life right now You're not seeing that. And he called them a wicked and adulterous generation. They were involved in a population that was not faithful to God. The signs of the time should have been obvious to these people. They should have known the culture they were in. They should have known which direction the society was going. Don't you? Are you aware of the culture you're in? And of the society and where the society is going? Where it's been? Where we're going to end up? Jesus saw the world for what it was. What he saw in the world was that it was a dangerous place to live and not worthy of acquiring everything that the world offered. You know, that's what the devil offered Jesus. Back in Matthew chapter 4 at verse 8, the devil took Jesus up on a high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of this world. He said, I can give you all of these if you'll just bow down and worship me. Jesus, of course, quoted scripture to him and told him that God only would you serve. And he he rejected the offer. All that this world offers us right now is uh, the things that that are not healthy and good for us. Now, he's not talking about natural things that you'd find in the old farmer's almanac. He's talking about your society, where you live, the people you live among, the things you see every day. The, the things that are going on around you. He's saying, you're not aware of that, and it's a wicked and adulterous generation. You need to be on your toes. Right? In Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, Jesus had been setting forth some parables of a sower, that, that one, someone who's going out planting seed, and showing what the seed was doing, what kind of ground it was falling in. And he talked, talked about ground that was receiving the seed that was among the thorns. So at verse 22, he said, He that receives seed among the thorns, and the seed that he's planting was the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word from God. 
He's saying, he that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. That's the environment you're in. That's what he's telling them. When you're among the thorns, the thorns are going to grow up and choke the word. In Luke, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, he said, we know we're of God. That's what John said. He said, we know we're of God because John was aware of his surroundings. We know we're of God, he said, and the whole world lies in wickedness. John was aware of his surroundings. He could see where he was. And in John chapter 3, verse 19, a very favorite passage of ours, God so loved the world. But verse 19 says, And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. You know what? You live in the world long enough until you get accustomed to it. It becomes sort of part of you. The world sort of surrounds you. And after a while, you become comfortable in the world. And you begin, you begin to tolerate things in the world that you would not ordinarily tolerate. But you begin to tolerate the world for what the world is. The world is in blackness and darkness of sin. And we hear people talking and we hear bad language. And, you know, after a while, we become accustomed to the bad language. We see people doing bad things. And you know what? After a while, we become accustomed to people doing bad things. So we, we become acclimated, as it were. And that's what Jesus is telling these men at this time. He said, these are natural things you can see, but you can't see the signs of the times. You can't see what's happening to you. We accept evil that surrounds us, and we tolerate it to the point of excusing it sometimes, and saying, well, okay, we know this is wrong, but... And so now then we're not only tolerating it, not only we're getting accustomed to it like we would a new coat, but we're, we're tolerating it and we're, we're wearing it and we're becoming accustomed to it and now we're going to excuse it when we see it in other people and even in ourselves. Well, we're doing this because we can't see the forest for the trees. Let's think in terms of today. Let's think in terms of the fact that it's time to wake up. Have you heard that statement from your parents before? Wake up and fly right. Straighten up and fly right. Wake up, it's time to wake up. Open your eyes, can't you see what's around you? Be aware of what's happening. Those who overcome the world are those who do not continue to walk in it. Do not continue to accept it. Do not continue to apologize for it. Do not continue to endorse it. Do not continue to tolerate it in their own personal lives. Those who are in Jesus Christ have stepped out of that world and they are not comfortable in it anymore. Not comfortable. Only those who get out and follow Jesus Christ are going to improve their lives and the lives of others. We will get darker if we don't get lighter. Paul said that evil men will wax worse and worse, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 13. And you know what he said? 
He said, today is the day to open your eyes. Today. Today. Do it today. Today is, a, is the day to hear the voice of God. This is the day. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. Today. In Psalms chapter 95, verse 7 and 8. He is our God. We are His people of His pasture. The sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice. When? Today. Today, if you'll hear His voice. Harden not your heart, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation, in the wilderness, Hebrews chapter 3 at verse 7, quotes this text. Today, if you'll hear His voice. Hebrews 3 at verse 12 and 13 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. What did he say? If you're going to exhort your brother or sister in Christ to do good, do it tomorrow. Do it when you get an opportunity. Do it when the time feels right. You know what he said? He said, do it daily and do it today. Well, the obvious reason for the urgency of acting today is that we do not have a reasonable expectation of a tomorrow, do we? The adage here today and gone tomorrow is absolutely true. Have you, have you uh, ever experienced that? Have you ever said to yourself, you know, I, I wanted to say something to that individual, but, but I just didn't feel like the time was right. What did you want to say? Well, I wanted to tell them I loved them. What happened? They passed on. I didn't. I've never seen them again. Oh, have you ever had that happen to you? Had a phone call. Why didn't I? Why didn't I tell them how much I liked them? Why didn't I tell them how much I missed them? Well, I'll, next time we call, I'll tell them. And next time they call, maybe they're not there to get the call. We don't know. That's the point. Hebrews chapter four, verse seven. Again, he limits a certain day, saying, "In David today." After so long a time, it is said, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. The obvious reason for the urgency of acting today is that we do, don't have that expectation, do we? Why? Well, James 4.14 says, What is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. We don't have the luxury of knowing that tomorrow we'll be able to do what we plan to do. We don't have that luxury, really. That's why we're told to act spontaneously and to act urgently and to act on the hour, on the day. <clears throat> we, Bonnie and I, shop at a place that has some good bargains once in a while. And I'll look at them and say, oh, oh, we'll get that later. And she always tells me it may not be there. I said, oh, sure it'll be there. Next time we go, guess what? It's there. No, it's not. It's gone. It's gone. So I didn't get the bargain. We didn't get the bargain because I, I thought, well, everything happens today is going to happen tomorrow, going to happen the next day, next day. Next. Everything's going to be the same, just on and on and on. Because the sun came up this morning, it's coming up tomorrow. 
because the sun went down today, it's going to go down tomorrow. Because I got up in the morning alive, I'm going to get up in the morning alive. But that's not, that's not always the case. In uh, Isaiah 56, verse 12, it says, Come, you that say, I will fetch wine, and we'll fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow, now here's the point, I'm going to, I'm going to party hardy. Because tomorrow shall be the same as this day. That was said how long ago? That was said probably 2,500 years ago. Isaiah said that. And he said it'll be here tomorrow. We'll get another tomorrow. And it'll be more abundant than today. It'll be better than it was today. Well, Isaiah 22:13 says these people are saying the same thing. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Well, that's true. At least they got that right. We'll eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. And we're told the same thing in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 2. The attitude was, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Well, that's not only the case, of course. Proverbs 27, verse 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow. You don't know what a day will bring. We don't know. Today is the day to act upon what should be done. In the gospel accounts of repentance and forgiveness, I want to remind you of something. I'm going to look at several texts. And that is when a person decided that they were going to follow Jesus, they did it today. Immediately. Not later. Not They didn't postpone it. They did exactly what they were told to do and did it on the spot today. Now, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said to them all, If a man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. When, Lord? When do I take up my cross? Today. Do it today. Well, I've got other things to do. I've got other, I've got other things on my plate. Don't you understand? I've got some things I've got to take care of, and then I'll take care of that. I want you you to understand that God is a God from eternity to eternity. He can wait. He can do things tomorrow that He planned to do yesterday. He can do things today that He plans to do tomorrow. And He can do things tomorrow that He plans today. But I cannot. I'm not God. And I don't have that luxury to know when and where I can do certain things at certain times. All I have access to and all I have control over is today. Right now. Okay. Luke chapter 9, verse 59 through 62. Some fellows said, we're going to follow you, Lord. Okay, here it goes. He said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Now you'd think that'd be odd that, that Jesus would tell him not to do that. But you know what? When a person died in that time among Israel, they immediately buried them. This fellow is making an excuse. So if his, if his father was dead, he was already buried. But he's making an excuse. And it sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Can I go to my dad's funeral? It's already happened. If he died, he's wrapped up and buried. That they, they still do that, by the way. They, they do it before the sun sets. They, Actually, now, but at that time, and you can read of an instance like this in Acts chapter 5. 
uh, there were a couple that uh, decided to do something that God was not happy with, and they died. And immediately, they were buried. That's what happened then. Okay, he said, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said in him, let the dead bury their dead, but go and preach the kingdom of God. He was not, he was not going to be moved from that point. And another said, Lord, I'll follow you, but first let me go bid them farewell that are at my house. I've got to go tell everybody goodbye. Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What is Jesus saying? Today. Follow me today. Make your decision now. Don't wait. Now. And do it now. Don't do it later. <clears throat> There's no time lapse in these instances. Those who committed themselves to Jesus Christ had no time lapse when they committed themselves. Now we're talking about them, but we're talking about us too, aren't we? There should be no time lapse. We don't have time to lapse. We don't have time to procrastinate. We don't have time at our disposal to say, hey, I've got this big chunk of time. I'm going to write you into my calendar. Well, well, can we have lunch together next Wednesday? Well, let me let, check my calendar. You don't know whether you can have lunch next Wednesday or not. I don't either. But we, we believe we do, don't we? So we make all these preparations. But Jesus set the example for us about doing it and doing it now. You remember when Jesus was on the cross and uh, there were two thieves, one on either side of him, and they, were, they began to... Uh, ridicule him and, and rag on him and, and talk about the fact that if he's God he'd get, get down off the cross but one of the thieves said no 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 we're, we're in the same situation he's in and so he turned to Jesus and he said Lord remember me when you come into your kingdom you know what Jesus said he said today you'll be with me in paradise he did not say tomorrow next Sabbath next year next harvest time Next planning time. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. And that's what we like to hear, obviously. When the apostles first started preaching the gospel, let's look at this just briefly. When they first started preaching the gospel and inviting people to be saved eternally, here's what they did. In Acts chapter 2 at verse 37 through 41, Peter was preaching the what we call the first gospel sermon. Introductory sermon to the kingdom. And it said when they heard this, they were preaching and they were here they were they were preaching about Jesus. And it said when they heard, that is the, the people listening to Peter, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises unto you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and that same day there added unto them 3,000 souls. Well, why didn't they wait until the following Sunday? Why didn't Peter say, you know what, we're going to have a baptizing and we're, I think we'll do it closer to Christmas. So if you'll come back then, we'll baptize you. 3,000 people that day 
were baptized because there was no lapse in time from the time they realized they needed to obey God until the time they did it. You follow? Every example we have in the New Testament of people being saved, it was done immediately. They did it now. They didn't wait. When um, Philip was preaching, he was on his way down to Samaria after he had been preaching in Jerusalem. And he was going through the desert. And when he was going through the desert, he saw a man in a, in a chariot. And in Acts chapter 8, verse 35 through 38, it says, Philip opened his mouth. He got on the chariot with the guy, with the Ethiopian. And he began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. So here was Philip in an open chariot, riding along, preaching Jesus. They were reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. And while they were there, Philip was preaching Jesus. And the eunuch said that when they came to certain water, the eunuch said, see here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And what did Philip say? This is not very convenient. He didn't, did he? Matter of fact, he said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And what did they do? He stopped the chariot, and they got down, and he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he com- c- commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both ends of the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. When? Today. Now. Did it? Why? Because God wants you to act Today, no time lapse. He is a today God with you. He is. When, Philip, when, the, when Paul and Silas were in Philippi and had been preaching, they were put in jail. They were whipped first because they were preaching Jesus Christ and they ran into some animosity. And they were beaten and they were put in the jail. And instead of cowering down in the corner and whimpering about their lot, they began to sing. They were singing some psalms, singing to God. And uh, at that point, the, uh, there was an earthquake, and the jail shook, and the doors came open, and the jailer that was in charge of everything thought that his prisoners had escaped, and he was going to commit Harry Carey. He was going to kill himself. Because, as a matter of fact, if he lost his prisoners, the, the Roman the authority would kill him. So he's just going to save him the time. He's going to take his own life. And it says that uh, Paul told him to stay his hand because they were all there. And so then Paul preached to him Jesus. And the Philippian jailer said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and your house. And they spoke unto him the word of the Lord and all that were in his house. Now think, think about it. About midnight is what the text says. They were there about midnight. In the jail, the jailer was getting ready to commit suicide. Paul said, don't do it. And instead he preached to him Jesus because the jailer had been hearing them talk about Jesus, obviously. And, and then he said, uh, he spoke unto him the word of the Lord and all that were in his house. And he said, he took them the same hour of the night. The same hour of the night in that dismal place and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all of his straightway. They went to this guy's house, preached the gospel, and that night they were baptized. They didn't wait. They did it. Why? 
because God has said, today, if you'll hear his voice, hearken unto him. Felix was an exception. Paul was taken into custody under a man, a governor by the name of Felix in Acts chapter 24, 25. And so Paul preached to Felix. <clears throat> Same message. And it says he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Acts 24, 25. Felix trembled and said, Go your way, Paul, for this time, when I have a convenient season, I'll call for you. When I have a convenient season. Was Philip or was Felix ever baptized? We have no indication that he was. Well, judgment is based upon <clears throat> actions, not intentions. The expression, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, is a, is a good expression. It tells us that God expects us to act with reasonable speed because there's going to be a judgment. You don't know whether you'll be here next week or next month for the baptizing. You don't know that. You don't know whether you'll be here tomorrow to be baptized. You don't know that. What you do know is you have today. That's yours. That belongs to you. God is is uh, was is is to come. Now God can get back in the in the past, and He can work in the past. He can work in the future, but we can't. We are right here now. Okay. And the judgment is going to be a judge on on the basis. Our judgment will be based upon whether we do good or do evil. Therefore, to him that do knoweth to do good, the Bible says. In James 4.17, and does it not to him it is sin. So, here we go. If I know that I have, I can do something good. Now we've just looked at the examples of people who responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There was no, no lag time. But now then, how about me and what I do every day? What, what do I do every day? If I know to do something good to someone, for someone, and don't do it, the Bible says it's sin. Now that should wake me up. That's what Jesus said. He, he told them, you, you don't know the signs of the times. You're not aware of it because you're, you're involved in this world and you can't see what's going on. Well, now we need to see what's going on. And if we know what that is to be done that is good and do it not to them, to us, it's sin. Romans 15.2 says, Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Alright. Now, <clears throat> I would like for God to act for me right now. If I have a prayer, if I pray to God for something, I want Him to, to respond to me just, just as quick as, as I can uh, get the prayer out. Right? And, and so if, if I don't get it right away, I'm going to be disappointed. But I have to remember that God is not under the same constraint that I'm under. Not at all. God can plan things and has planned things. As a matter of fact, He planned for salvation from eternity. Why? Because He knew He controlled tomorrow. God is a God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I am His creature of today. I'm today. I'm not tomorrow. I'm not yesterday. I can't go back and change anything. And I grieve over that, and I'm sure you do too. There are things that I did when I was younger, things that I did when I was younger than I am now, that I, I, I agonize over. I agonize over. I know God has forgiven me. 
I know that I'm, I'm, I'm enriched in Jesus Christ now, and I'm in His grace. But I look at things that I did, and I think, Bill, you stupid jerk. Why did you do those things? Why? What got into you? Why? And you know what? I have no. I, I can't change them. God can turn the sun around and make the sun go down in the east instead of the west. But I can't. I can't get back into yesterday. Although I wish I could, I can't. I just can't do it. I try today to make up for what I did yesterday, but even then I, I can't do it. And I can't do anything tomorrow. What I can do is today. I am not a tomorrow sort of guy because God has limited me. I'm not a later person because God has limited me. I'm limited. God is later. God is tomorrow. But I'm not. I am today. God works for us in yesterday. He works for us today. And He works for us tomorrow. I respond to God today. That's all I have. I don't have any other, any other, any other activity that I can perform at any other time. We praise God because Jesus grants us grace and forgiveness now. We don't have to wait for Him. When you get on the line with God in prayer, He doesn't put you on hold. All you have to do is tell Him what you need. Now, you cannot limit God to me. You cannot say, well, if, if, you were, if, if it were me, here's how I'd do it. You can't do that. If God is going to answer your prayer, He probably thought about it. I'm just saying this now. He probably thought about it yesterday. And He's got it planned for you. Maybe not today. Maybe some other time. But when it comes to me, you know what He says? He says, Bill, son, you can't do anything about yesterday. And you can't do anything for tomorrow. But you can do something today. And you better do it. Because today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Jesus gives us peace and hope today. And our comfort is in Him and we know that He'll take care of tomorrow if I take care of today. Now, do you need to forgive someone? When are you going to do it? Have you got it planned? When, when's a good time for you to, to uh, take care of that problem to apologize have you got it on your schedule do you know when you'll see them you know how to get hold when are you going to forgive them God said do it today have you got someone you need to say I love you to tell them how much you miss them and, and appreciate them and I'm just really glad that you, you're a part of their life but when are you going to do that when are you going to tell them that well, you're not God, so even though you put it in your appointment calendar, it doesn't mean you're going to do it. You can do your doctor that way, maybe, or he can do you that way. But you cannot handle the things that God wants you to handle tomorrow because you're not a tomorrow person, you're a today person. So if you have something to do, good, any good, then today is the day of salvation. This is the day. And we need to see the signs of the times. The signs of the times are it's not getting any better 
and it's not going to get any easier to do what you have to do. So I'd suggest that we do the exact same thing that God told them. Do it today. Let's stand and sing our song of meditation. Part.